Welcome to Unreconstructed, brought to you by confederateshop.com. Here's your host, Matt Miller. Welcome back to the Unreconstructed podcast. This is episode seven, and this is part two in a two-part series on the subject of Southern identity. I continue my discussion with author and speaker John Vincent on the subject, and we wrap up the finishing touches on what defines our Southern identity and how we as individuals and as a community can preserve it. You don't want to miss this part, so stay tuned. So we have a recap of what defines Southern heritage and culture, and I think you said it great. It, it's faith, family. Yeah. Honor, then land. Okay. Um, uh, one thing that uh, characterizes the Southerners' love of the land, a particular place, uh, Gone with the Wind, uh, Scarlet O'Hara's father said, the land, Katie Scarlet, it's the land that endures. And when you're attached to a particular place, in fact, set down roots, as roots nourish a tree, so do roots nourish a people. You get mm. a sense of identity. I couldn't have said it better myself because I grew up in a home right along the river in the Shenandoah Valley, and that home is like a member of my family. If I lost that home, and of course I don't live there now, my parents do, I'll live there someday, but if I lost that home, it would be like losing a, losing a family member. Unlike, Very important. You know, in American society today, uh, people just move around in search of economic advancement. And I don't say that's always bad. Sometimes you have to do it, but it creates a rootless people, and that's not good. Right. Rootless people are not strong people. They're people who are easily controlled and manipulated. We're giving our listeners a lot to really think about and contemplate. And I, I especially hope the younger listeners are taking notes with these points and how important uh, how important these tenets of our, our Southern culture are and what it means to us. Was land the last point that you had for Southern culture? Another one is ordered liberty. The okay. idea that you cannot have liberty unless you control your lower passions. The idea now is that the human nature is basically good and so you've got to throw off all traditions, all heritage so that your good and wonderful self can come out and if you decide that you want if you're a man you decide you want to be a woman you can be a woman if uh, you're a man you decide you want to be a hippopotamus you can be a hippopotamus uh, <laughs> all this uh, all this wacky wacky philosophy that really is at the root of of the cultural marxists who are trying to uproot our society yes and the, and they're not just after confederate history and southern history although oh, no not at all they're after george washington christopher columbus they're after western civilization they're after christianity yeah but anyway, with, with ordered liberty uh, southern thinkers have always said that you have to have a people of virtue and character and you need to have separation of power so that no one person gets too much power. And I think this principle is very, very relevant to our situation today. I mean, America is bursting at the seams with diversity. We're adding it all the time. And it can do one of two things. One of two things can happen. One is that uh, you have to have a powerful government to hold all the diversity together, or it just explodes in a million pieces. Yeah. But, but there's another possibility, that is diffusing diversity. 
That is, you have uh, you can go back to a system of states' rights where people of different viewpoints and backgrounds can congregate and have their own society as they want it. You know, if people in New York State want abortion, they can have abortion. If people in Alabama don't want it, they can ban it. Rather than having a situation of one size fitting all, which leads to tyranny or to chaos. And if you have chaos, that again leads to tyranny. That was the idea that I think Thomas Jefferson had when it came to to self-government, was if Kentucky wanted to govern itself different from Virginia, then go right ahead. That's the right of the people to to establish for themselves. And look at the genius of this. If uh, Kentucky uh, decides on a course of action that works, well, the other states can look at that and say, hey, we need to copy that and do it ourselves. And if something fails in Kentucky, then the other states can look at that and say, well, we don't want to do that. Yeah, but this horrible idea of one size fitting all is so destructive. Well, I think that It destroys genuine diversity. Right. Uh, And uh, diversity is beautiful. But what we're seeing today is we're seeing everybody put into a bowl, trying to be amalgamated together and thrown together, made into one. And... Our culture, Southern culture, is beautiful, and we want to preserve that. And there's nothing wrong or hateful uh, in that. No, and those who object to it are the true hateful people. Amen to that. Amen to that. That was a really good point for our Southern culture. Yeah, well, right. some people say, well, the Southern culture is just a thing of the past. You're living in the past. And my reply to that is uh, we don't live in the past. The past lives in us so that we can have a beneficial future the horrible mass culture i mean the alexander souls and eats and said the thing that really got to him about western culture was uh, the music he said something uh, to the effect of this horrible music how the soul longs for higher and purer things right uh, yeah so much of the music is just ugly i mean and deadening product of a of a degenerate culture right i mean society is always trying to encourage people to numb themselves i mean you have a population where people just feel anxiety and fear and uh the mass culture says just numb yourself with the music numb yourself with drugs numb numb yourself with promiscuity don't feel anything just be a good obedient zombie government zombie right Yeah, we are the real rebels today who want to embody... Yes, we are the true rebels. And the thing is, uh, these cultural Marxists are just establishment flunkies. That's all they are. I mean, they're not brave revolutionaries they claim to be. And I think in our lifestyle, the tenets of what you just said, when they're embodied in the life, uh, these Christian values, their fruit is... Happiness. I'm a I'm a testimony to that. Their their fruit is peace. Their fruit is genuine community, genuine love. Instead of this emptiness and uh, degeneracy that society is promoting today, and we need a revival in that sense of of within Southern culture. We need a revival of what what it means to be a Southerner and what it means to preserve our heritage and love our heritage. We can do that every day in, in our lifestyle and the choices we make and prioritizing our family and God over these other godless things. 
like greed and all the other things that have really ruined society and what's pushed on us. I want to go back to your idea of real genuine liberty. What was established after the South lost the war between the states was this Yankee empire and the desire to take away the ability for a people to genuinely govern themselves within their borders. Yeah. You know, as outlined in the Declaration of Independence. Robert E. Lee uh, said it very well. He said the uh, Northern victory will result in a country that is despotic at home and aggressive abroad. And we, our American empire today is meddling in the affairs of countries around the world. I mean, we've got military bases uh, all over the globe. We don't yeah. need this for our security. Why are we always meddling in other people's affairs? While all this is going on, uh, you have a government that's getting more and more despotic. I mean, for example, that raid on Donald Trump's house the other day. I mean, that was just a purely a measure of intimidation. I mean, they're sending out the word. We can do this to a man who is a billionaire and a former president of the United States. So, little peasant Americans, what do you think we can do to you? So, the federal government just spent more money than Russia spent on its military invading Ukraine. And they spent this amount of money in the IRS to investigate middle-class folks like you and I who aren't rich, we make less than 200000 a year or even smaller than that. The IRS and the federal government is coming after small-town people like us to see what we're breaking, what well, laws are we breaking. Oh, right, right. You know? Oh, I saw where this uh, Democrat senator said, well, don't worry— uh, we're just going to try to enforce the law better. And I was thinking, yes, the IRS, I mean, think what happened under uh, the Obama administration. You had this IRS individual, uh, Lois Lerner, who was targeting conservative organizations. Lois was never punished for what she did. I mean, it was a clear violation of the law. So yeah. if you've got people like Lois still in the IRS, I mean, how much can you trust what that senator said? Right. Uh, the thing is, you know, uh, they said, well, we'll only go after uh, rich people. But the thing is, even if they did that, rich people can handle audits better than people right. like us. People you know? like us, if the IRS makes a claim against us, we don't have the financial means to hire the lawyer to fight it a lot of times. I'm, and that's what it comes down to. But we could talk all day on the despotism of what the federal Leviathan government has become. And people ask me a lot, well, how'd, you, how'd your family get into this? You know, how'd your father get into this subject so deep in promoting this, uh, this type of history? Is if you look back, what turned America and, and what made America become the government it is today it is directly as a result of the war between the states. Exactly. I mean, Lincoln uh, set everything in motion that we see today. I mean, he significantly destroyed states' rights, consolidated the government. Absolutely. And as General Lee said, you know, the consequence has been a country that's aggressive abroad and despotic at home. I like your response for when someone calls Robert E. Lee a traitor— you say, no, the real traitor was Abraham Lincoln. Absolutely. If you go by what Lincoln said, in his own words, he was a traitor. In the Constitution, it defines treason as waging war against the states of the United States, which is precisely what Lincoln did. Now, if you take our point of view uh, that the South had the right to secede, then he wasn't a traitor because he was waging a war against a foreign country. But if... 
you take his point of view, the view of the anti-Southerners today, then you have to say that Lincoln was a traitor by the definition of the Constitution. And getting away just from the legal definition, he certainly betrayed the spirit of the American Revolution. You know, Lincoln always cited the Declaration of Independence as something he believed in. Well, didn't, didn't he realize that the Declaration was a document of secession? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's the point I always make up, too, when people say it's uh, it's treason and we're a bunch of traitors. This country was founded on that concept, and that's embodied in the Declaration of Independence. Well, uh, to King George, George Washington was a traitor. Right. Uh, See, in my opinion, with these truths, every conservative-minded, traditional-loving American, North, South, East, and West, should identify with the South, and we should all come together and try to preserve our Southern history. Because our enemies, they don't just hate Confederate history. They hate even the foundational history in the North and West, anything that embodies any kind of traditional American values. Oh, sure. I mean, they were pulling down statues of George Washington, Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Even the statue of Lincoln, I think. Yeah, I believe it happened more recently up at Cambridge University. Was it Cambridge? I forget what major university it was, and it was a display of Lincoln that had been there for, for nine years, and it was a statue, and somebody complained about it. And the university, you know, quivered and took it down. These are these are definitely troubling times, and we're... Well, one thing I want to talk about is what can we do about it? You know, it's, it's very demoralizing just to analyze problems and not uh, think about an action to uh, improve things. During uh, the reign of the Soviet Union, Alexander Solzhenitsyn offered advice to Russian dissidents, you know, for resisting the system. This was, you know, a very, very powerful dictatorship, you know, had spies everywhere, and they said, you know, what can we do? And he wrote an essay entitled, Live Not by Lies. And he said that for Russians going about their daily business, he said, to the extent that it is possible, don't go along with the lies that the regime is telling. Say, I don't believe this. And he said, now, if, you're, if it puts you in danger, you shouldn't do it. But to the extent that you could get away with it, do it. And he said, uh, don't go along with lies either. Mm. That's what we need to do. And uh, to, to do this, one thing we need to do is to educate ourselves about our Southern heritage. Go to various websites. One good one called Identity Dixie. Oh, yeah. Great um, forum. Yeah. I would recommend that to everyone, identitydixie.com. Yeah. Absolutely. This is the Abbeville Institute. They, love, they offer many, many uh, good educational resources, videos. Read books defending Southern heritage, such as Richard Weaver's Southern Tradition at Bay. or the Yeah, there's Abbe, the Shotwell Press with Abbeville Institute. We, oh, yeah, we have Shotwell, a great selection. Yeah, yes, and, and yeah. Confederateshop.com definitely has a great selection. Yeah. We sell two of your books. Defend Dixie and Southerner Take Your Stand. So those are both fantastic. Right up the alley for exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, I urge people here in this area of Virginia, go to your store. I mean, you just have a a wonderful offering there. Yes, sir. Of information. So back to what you were saying, lies. Uh, We need to learn our Southern history so we can really combat the lies that are being told. I would say uh, display the Confederate flag as much as possible. Don't give in to the intimidation. Now, I will say this. There's some places where you should not display the flag because it would be dangerous for you. Yeah, not everybody is is as respectful and kind as us. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and uh, I would agree with you there. You know, I'm not going to go up to New York City, fly my flag. I mean, I could, but the risk would be very, very high. 
Yeah. One thing I want to bring up, uh, there's another very good book. Uh, it came out about 1930. It's called I'll Take My Stand by 12 Southern Writers and Poets. It was just fantastic. I mean, I highly recommend that people, young people, they read these essays. I mean, they're so uh, prophetic. I am looking for a source for that book. I hope you can get it. I had the uh, privilege about 30 years ago to meet last surviving member of that group, Andrew Lytle. Uh, he was just a, a fine, he was in his 90s, but his mind was just as sharp as a tack. And I was asking him, I said, you know, Mr. Lytle, how can we preserve Southern culture? And he said, well, what you need to do is to get together with friends who share your Southern values and talk and build each other up and just see where it goes from there. And I was thinking, yeah, we can get together as friends. Uh, we can have picnics together. Maybe we could have a, a Southern festival, like, you know, the Scottish festivals. Maybe right. we could uh, work with homeschoolers to provide accurate education about Southern heritage. We need to be creative. We need to think outside the box. Right. And we need to build what I would uh, call maybe a Countercultural community. Right. Well, that's a mission for our listeners, absolutely, and us uh, as well. There are small enclaves. I know recently there was just here in the eastern side of Virginia, there was a Jefferson Davis conference that was put together, a shop friend of ours that was surrounded by uh, Confederate history and all ages were welcome. And that was, uh, I know the SCV has a few, they have the uh, the children's kids camp every year and all that we need these kind of things all around the south all through the country as well what would you say would be a good a good start for an individual just to uh just to connect connect with other young young men who have southern ideologies i would uh, recommend maybe uh, joining the sons of confederate veterans um, right it's a, a southwide organization that uh Revere Southern Heritage. Uh, yeah. Maybe get in touch with the Abbeville Institute. Maybe go to one of their seminars. Uh, right. Or come visit me at my shop. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot that can be done, and we need the fire back in our hearts again because it's been put out and we've been demonized for so long in generations. And that's the thing that breaks my heart is that American educators. Uh, the American educational system has been taken over and infiltrated to teach the young people to hate themselves, to hate themselves, yes. and to hate their culture. And I, I've seen this firsthand many, many times, especially online, uh, with the, the people who hate Southern heritage and culture. The, I've literally seen these kind of claims. I hope my ancestors are burning in hell. Um, you know, the, just the absolutely most disgusting mm. things. Feel the tolerance. Feel the right, love. Right. 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 Yeah, but according to the left, you know, oh, we can't tolerate hate. So that's how they define us. <laughs> back to what we were talking about. We're going to go back to the psychological uh, principle of projection. People who obsessively accuse others of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely. I mean, and call, I mean, Marxism is a hate movement. I mean, it's always been a hate movement. I mean, demonizing whole classes of people, seeking to destroy them. Uh, yeah. destroying their reputations and destroying them physically. Yeah. These 
these people, I mean, many of them are just really evil. I mean, right. And they're sly, too, because they, they a lot of times they exploit real issues. Exactly. Uh, and they exploit real issues. Right, they right. They twist them in their own evil ways. I want to give, I want to give our listeners an example. Uh, a couple years ago when uh, BLM came out, the whole Black Lives Matter movement uh, came out, you had a lot of people, especially young people, jumping on the bandwagon and jumping on board. And I knew, I knew, I knew some people who did within my community. And they were doing it, according to them, because they cared about justice, is what they said. And I questioned them, and I said, well, have you read the tenets of what they say their organization is all about? Because they put it in, on paper within their website, and I can look it up. You know, you, you could then look it up right then and look at their talking points. And I said, okay, you support this organization. You call yourself a Christian. Well, here they say on their website that they are, they are completely opposed to the nuclear family. And not only are they opposed to it, they want to destroy it. Okay. Then they call themselves the new Marxists because right. BLM has direct ties to this cultural Marxism that came out of Columbia, which came out of the Frankfurt School mm. long time ago. So I'm getting down or down a rabbit trail, but the communists have always done this. They've always exploited people with with real real issues. You know, they would go to a factory and they say, "Your boss has taken advantage of you. You need to rise up and throw him off, and you people need to own the company." And the people are like, well, yeah, that's a good idea. We're going to join. And then the communists would, would get in charge, and then it would be real despotism because they, <laughs> they, they, the communists would become the bosses then, and they would exploit the workers even more than the, the former bosses did. That's how it always works. Yeah. Yes. So how young men or how men in general today can preserve Southern culture? We need to get together. We need to uh, discuss ideas. We need to build each other up. I think another great place to connect with people, too, is in a good Bible-believing church. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. I know some of our listeners probably aren't Christians, um, but you know this is a, this is a fantastic place to, to connect with other, other people, especially men who are, who are wanting the God-directed uh, path for a life. And, uh, and the Bible really is the basis of Southern culture in raising families, in uh, living a life of honor, in what real liberty and freedom are. Uh, it's all defined there. So I know that for me personally, I've made some good connections at, at church. Yeah. So. This is a spiritual battle. I, mean, I think the, the forces of darkness, spiritual darkness, are real. And I've read many accounts of exorcisms and things that simply can't be explained rationally. As the Bible says, we contend not with flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. And I, I see these uh, powers and principalities animating all right. of this stuff that's, that's going on. Uh, I look at you know some of these uh, uh, advocates of tolerance and love. I see the the rage and hostility on their faces. And I, I think, you know, this goes beyond what is merely human. I mean, there's a, a, a spiritual component to this. So our uh, our only defense isn't just in community with one another, but it's with uh, 
a power higher than ourselves. That, that is, you know, mutual support, helping one another, caring about one another. Right. You know, the big problem with American conservatism is it's just been corrupted by corporatism. The idea is that uh, if you're a conservative, you know, you're a rugged individual, uh, uh, rugged individualist, and all you care about is just advancing yourself, grabbing as much money and power as you possibly can. And yeah, it's the Yankee concept. Yeah, of, the Yankee mentality. Right, and, yeah. Uh, you know, that mentality can't stand against uh, an organized force that's trying to impose tyranny. It just can't. We need yeah. to love one another, care about one another, build community, build it from the ground up. Uh, that's, a, that's a splendid plan, and we're going we're gonna to do that. Uh, and all our listeners need to do that, too make steps to try to establish a good community, a good community of like-minded individuals, which is harder and harder to do today, too. Uh, but all the more necessary because right. of the disintegration of everything we see around us. Absolutely. And one thing, this is not going to be easy. I mean, we're behind the eight ball. I mean, we've got to have self-discipline, determination, and the willingness to suffer loss. I mean, right. that's what General Lee did. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, speaking of, uh, uh, you said suffer loss and, and, and suffering, Western culture in general has, has really had a revival in doing the hard stuff. And those are the kind of men and communities I want to surround myself with is, is in areas where I'm uncomfortable. Maybe that's going to the gym and working out really hard or training myself in a skill uh, that I don't have any experience with. Maybe that's Brazilian jiu-jitsu or some type of martial arts training where I'm getting out of my comfort zone, doing things that, uh, that are mainstream pop culture is not doing. Yeah. can make us very effective. It can build confidence in us, and I think Southern men need that. Exactly. I mean, the uh, cultural Marxist propaganda is, is that uh, masculinity is toxic. You know, uh, you're, if you're a male, you're a, you're a defective creature. God made male and female as a purpose, divine purpose for both. And our purpose is to be leaders, to be strong. And we need to discipline ourselves mentally and physically and spiritually and do the hard things. I mean, so many young men now are just aimless. I mean, it's just so sad to see. I mean, right. they have, and, and that's what we've got to fight against. Right. Reject modern culture and embrace tradition and embrace these values uh, of what our ancestors have done for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, these traditions <clears throat> give life. I mean, the, uh, this... Mass culture gives nothing but death. This culture of death is what it is. Right. In so many ways. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we really, we really talked a lot about what we were focusing on, which was Southern culture. You really defined it well. Uh, if I can recall all the, all the points, faith, family, family honor, honor, tradition, land, land, ordered liberty. Ordered liberty. Yeah, yeah those are all very good. And, John, I just thank you for this discussion that we had, and I hope that we can do this again, because I think this is going to be a very uh, fruitful episode, and I think my, my listeners are going to enjoy it. Just, I would like this. This has been very enjoyable for me. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for being on, on the pleasure. Unreconstructed Podcast. <laughs>